Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Good Monday morning to you. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. It's Chad Wilson. It's Amo Calamino, and we're here getting ready to kick off the football season. It's finally here, Amo. I mean, look, I know high school football started, but this is really, really what everyone's been waiting for. College football, the biggest opening week, dare I say, ever coming up this weekend as there are uh, a multitude of games that will keep every man stuck to his couch come Saturday. I thought I had a co-host. I don't know where he's at. We'll have to find him. But nevertheless, big, big, big first weekend of college football coming up. Um, You've got Houston and Oklahoma. You've got Ole Miss and Florida State, Texas A&M, UCLA, USC, Alabama, Auburn and Clemson, North Carolina, Georgia. I could go on and on and on. There'll be no reason whatsoever for you to leave your couch come Saturday. Take a cup with you. You're going to be peeing in the cup. Have all your uh, your food that you're going to eat right there around you. I promise you, you will be stuck to the couch when uh, Saturday kicks off because I don't think I've ever seen a uh, first weekend like this one that we have coming up. As I said, high school football has gotten started. Uh, you know, We were in uh, a very big-time battle this weekend that was on ESPNU. Uh, it was uh, American Heritage out of Plantation taking on Colquitt County in Colquitt, Georgia. Very much your small-town, country-town setting. I like those kind of games. Football means a lot to people in those, in those areas, and uh, it was uh, great to have that there. Uh, Emil, are you here with us? Yeah, I was trying to tell you. I don't know what what was happening, but I mean, I was I had a big project I got done this weekend in preparation for next weekend, and it, it all happened yesterday. I surveyed my room and I I picked out my spot on the couch. It took me a good awesome. ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was awesome. I was picking angles, and I figured, you know, where do I want to sit for for next Saturday? I did that yesterday, so I'm all set. I've nothing. Uh, else let me to ask do. you did did you did you pee on that spot so you'd be able to find it later? I thought about no. Well, I thought about peeing on it, so no one else took it on me. Well, yeah, whatever you got to do, I'm, I'm sure piss would yeah. be involved somewhere <laughs> exactly. there. But I, you know, I just I just mentioned all the games, Emil, and I'm, I'm I'm I probably left a game out. But off the top of my head, uh, Ole Miss, Florida State, Georgia, North Carolina, Auburn, Clemson, UCLA, Texas A&M, USC, Alabama. Um, you know, it goes on and on and on. Kudos to, you know, college football for putting together something like this. They know how much people have missed, you know, college football and to uh, kick it off like this. And the scheduling gets my get approval, except I have, I have one small bitch, only one. It's a small, tiny one. I wish they had that Georgia-North Carolina game 
at a slightly different time only because most of them are going to end perfectly because you know at 8 o'clock I'm going to have on USC Alabama, and I think most people will outside of Georgia and North Carolina fans. And I, I think that's going to be a really good game. So I'm going to be ticked if it is, and I have to switch the channel. Now, I do have a thumb, and it works pretty well. Okay. Well, but there you go. I don't want to switch. <laughs> no, you're going to well, switch. I mean, don't you think that's going to be a good game, Georgia-Carolina? I think that's going to be a competitive game. Um, I think so, at least for a good little while. Listen, I'm always concerned when you got a brand-new coach and a brand-new quarterback. Those two in tandem are never very, you know, very good, um, especially when you're taking on a an opponent like, like North Carolina that I think, even though people feel good about them, may still be underrated. Uh, they're going to be a damn good football team this year. And uh, as we talked about in our predictions last week, I'm I'm a little higher on them than you are. But I think they're going to be a very, very good football team this year. And that's a tough open for a freshman quarterback in Jacob Eason and uh, Kirby Smart, brand-new head coach. Not a guy who was a head coach somewhere else and is becoming a head coach at this new school. Never been a head coach before. Not uh, the combo that... I like. Hey, I got a stat. I got a stat for you that, that absolutely blew my mind when I saw it this weekend. Now I don't know who it was against. So again, I don't know if this if this includes the Tennessee Chattanoogas of the world. It may, mm-hmm. but here's Nick Saban has has never lost yet in, at Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. to, or to a quarterback making his debut against them. And the com- the combined score of those games, and it sounds like it's going to – I'm figuring it's only three games because by the score, 125 to 13. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I would say good stat, but we would need to check who that was against. You know, how many times has he opened up um, against one of the power five, you know, and, and, and that had been the case where there was a brand-new quarterback. I don't Who did Alabama open up against last year, by the way? Why does does Wisconsin stay? Or am I thinking of a couple of years ago? I know they played Wisconsin. I want to say it was last year. I'll have to go look. I I could pull it up quick here when we're talking, but I I, I want to say they opened with Wisconsin last year. They they may have, and that um, may have been. They a played the last few years. Alabama's played some decent um, opening games as compared to say years sure. ago, where you know they go directional on us. Yeah, I mean it would make sense though that a first-time quarterback facing uh, a defense like what Alabama's been able to put together under Nick Saban would only have very little success. So um, no surprise there. Well, listen, coming up on the show today, we're going to preview. It was Wisconsin, Chad. Excuse me. It was. How's that for a memory of a guy who's about to turn 48? 35-17, they beat Wisconsin last year. All right, and probably a first-time starter at quarterback there, so that probably throws uh, it right in there into the numbers. No, nope, that because that 17 but, points is is more than he said. The, the stat said they only gave up 13, so that maybe it was oh, maybe 13. it was a few directionals. Yeah, maybe, maybe indeed it was. But also of note, though, the 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 level of beating it seems by those scores. But nevertheless, uh, something else we could look into down the road. But as I was saying, coming up on the show today, we are going to preview the uh, NFC and give our predictions on the divisional races as we do each and every year. We've been pretty good, Emil, and uh, Emil can go into more in-depth into the history of this, how good we've been in predicting an AFC and NFC champion and who's going to play in the Super Bowl. And I believe one year we've been, uh, one or more years, we've picked a champion either between Well, this is our fifth year doing it. You and I started doing this in 2012, so this is our fifth season. In 2012 and 2013, you and I actually both 
successfully predicted the Super Bowl champion each year. Mm. Uh, Baltimore in 2012, mm. um, Seattle in uh, 2013. We did not get New England. I, I mean, you may have had them in the Super Bowl the following year. I don't have it here. Uh, but but we didn't get the winner with New England. That was the old infamous uh, Pete Carroll, I'm going to outthink myself yeah. on first and goal for right. the one game where he should have won the Super Bowl, I would say. But yeah. he didn't. So New England won, and we didn't have that. And last yeah. year, we, we 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 didn't get the job done last year. Yeah, we, we were all get it done. We were all we were off. Yeah, we were off. So that only means that we're going to be really really good this year. I think that's just uh, what that's going to come down to. So we're going to be predicting uh, all of the NFC divisional races, and then at the end we'll give you uh, we'll shake down the playoffs for you. And both Emil and I will give you uh, our thoughts as to who the NFC champion will be this year. And then Friday we come back again, and uh, we'll have. We'll give you the AFC predictions and give you the AFC champion. And, of course, that would mean uh, we're telling you who's playing in a Super Bowl and who's going to win it. I mean, who else can do that but Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino on the Gridiron Stud Show. So give yourself a pat on the back for listening to the show today. And, uh, you know, in advance, pat yourself on the back for listening again on Friday at 10 a.m. Just a programming note to throw out there to you. Before we get into that, uh, let's talk about some other things. Let's talk about a touchy subject, and it's what everyone's been talking about as it pertains to football over the last 24 hours, and that is Colin Kaepernick not standing for the national anthem. Now, Emil, the easy thing for everyone to do would be to call him, label him, call him all kind of names, say all the negative things that you would say to someone when on uh, when you first get a glimpse of a guy sitting down, a millionaire, by the way, sitting down during the playing of the national anthem. I have taken a different approach as it comes to this. Now, me personally, Emil, I'm going to rise for the national anthem. Um, and, you know, the members of my family will rise for the national anthem. We've had a certain kind of experience uh, in this country. Um, hasn't always been positive. Um, you know, when you're a black male, that doesn't, you know, doesn't really lend itself to that. By and large, been a positive experience. Um, but when you look at Colin Kaepernick and you say, my God, this guy has had a tremendous opportunity in this country. He's a millionaire. Wh- what is this all about? This guy must be half-whacked out of his mind. I don't know all the specifics, but I'm going to say this. Why don't we first take an opportunity, and this includes the NFL as well, to find out exactly what that is all about? Why don't we, as people, sniff it all out before we go labeling Colin Kaepernick, because for all we know, Colin Kaepernick is not making this stance just for himself, the millionaire who's made a bunch of money playing a kid's game. He may indeed be doing it for family members and friends that are like him that have had a certain kind of experience in this country. That's just my take on it. Uh, do I well, he's got the right to do it. I mean, first, you know, he's definitely got the right to do it, the beauty of America. Mm-hmm. I've got the right to not like it. Um, sure. You know, uh, he's he's he, so you know. Let's let's split the issue. He's got the right to do it. I guess I have a a problem with on a bunch of levels. Okay, everybody. It seems especially since social media, where everybody's got a voice, we all have a voice. We we compare America, and in many cases, people themselves, to standards that we don't hold ourselves to as individuals mm-hmm. and as a country. Mm-hmm. We don't America. People compare it to this utopia. That doesn't exist. Amer- no country is perfect. So you start with that 
the beginning. Every country has warts. You can go through them mm-hmm. one by one if you want to sit here all day. Every, especially major countries with, with long histories, they all have warts, and we're no different. Mm-hmm. That said, looking around right now, I still think it's the best place to live. And you know what? The guy made is going to get – he is $61 million guaranteed to toss mm-hmm. around a dead animal. Okay? <laughs> the use of the word oppressed. Interesting way of looking at football, but yeah. Right, right. That, that's what he does. He tosses around a dead animal. He makes $61 million. Got no problem with it. I like watching people toss around dead animals, so I'm not complaining. Mm. What I'm saying is the word oppressed, come on now. I mean, you want to say that there's there's issues still? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that, but, but oppressed? You know what? He, he needs to go back to where he finds one half of his heritage, Africa. Mm. He can see real oppression. I have customers in my real business that I deal with over there that I, you know, I can tell you, you know, some stories about what they've told me, oppression. Okay. So, and his grandfather, maybe, and his great grandfather, maybe they could speak about it a little bit more. So I find it hard to, you know, when he uses that word to me, it sounds a little strong because I don't think he's oppressed. And, and frankly, probably no one, he really knows now they might've had crap happen as, as we like to say that, that, could have been the case, but the national anthem isn't about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're standing for something. You know, people died for that. So to me, it's like mm-hmm. it's just disrespectful. There's other ways to mm-hmm. go about it, and I'd like to know. You know, if he what does he do? And maybe he does a lot. I could be wrong, but what does he do in his personal life to go back to inner cities and and different places to help people get out of that situation? I know he got fined by the NFL two or three years ago for using racial slurs against black players. Mm-hmm. That seems a little ironic to me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just have a problem with it on a lot of fronts. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, this is not something I support, but I'm not ready to label Colin Kaepernick in many of the ways that I've seen others do it. Um, I first would see You mean label him, like, as a bad person? I, I, I don't think he's a... A bad person. Oh, clown. Yeah, look, listen, you're on social media. Misguided, maybe, I would call it. I would would say misguided. Yeah, perhaps that's the case. But again, before I even say something like misguided, uh, I really want to hear what's at the root of this for Colin Kaepernick. For all I find out, I go in there and read the tea leaves and find out that Colin Kaepernick uh, was once very hot and on the cover of everything, and now he's not, and is just trying to find a way to... Uh, grab the eyeballs that he once had before, and he's certainly getting them. That might be it. But before I go into that, um, I, I'm, I'm not so ready to label this guy. So, well, you know, you know what's odd about all of the guy We're point. talking about we're talking about him, right? He's 50-50 to make the 49ers roster, so that's the first thing. Okay, that could be a part of it so as well. I mean, he's got guaranteed money, so um, sure, I, I sincerely sure, let's hope that he, he makes make a move like this. Let's wait. Let me just say this. I sincerely hope that if he's making such a risky move as this, that he is uh, financially prepared for life without an NFL paycheck. I'm going to assume that he is uh, by making a move like this. Other than outside of that, extremely foolhardy. But well, I understand Greg Hardy ended up on a team last year, so anything can happen. But let me put it this way: if he doesn't make the 49er roster, you're you're Chad, the coach now. Okay. He's not good enough to make a team, then we'll get to the predictions. That's probably going to suck, at least in my eyes. <laughs> he's he's going to come to your team, and even if you need a backup quarterback, do you really want that distraction every week? Of a guy Because he says he's going to keep doing it. He says he's going to keep doing it. 
I mean, I've, yeah, I've read I read another piece. I don't, look, I, Emil, I don't know if he's going to make it through 16, 17 weeks if he makes the 49ers roster doing that. I don't know. That remains to be seen. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, um, there's not going to be much – if I can let the cat out of the bag, at least on that one team, ain't going to be much going on with your team this year. <laughs> so yeah. if you're looking for some kind yeah. of an attention, or maybe it's, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe him sitting is a way for someone to talk about you and, uh, and the NFC West that probably is going to leave you behind. But um, nevertheless, that's enough on that. That's just my quick thoughts on it. I'm, you know, I've, if I can find a time sometime today or tomorrow, I'm going to try and listen to some of the quotes from him and try to read the tea leaves there, but I'm not ready to call him a complete whack job, even though the haircut and, uh, this latest move may lend itself for many of them to do that. You always, um, take, one last you always thing. take the the hard road, Chad. I give you that. Oh, you well, always, you yeah. always take the hard road. No, I was having a debate with a friend of mine um, in private messaging about about this whole uh, Colin Kaepernick thing. And in having this conversation, I realized I'm fortunate enough in my life to have lived several different places, including out of this country, that gives me a certain perspective that makes me um, slower to go and to go in on people like this or when people take a certain stance because you know you develop a certain amount of understanding when you live amongst different groups of people which has been the hispanic community down here um southern whites down here um uh, blacks from the northeast which is all that i was around early on in my life living with islanders in trinidad living with mexicans blacks and and whites and Filipinos and everyone else that lives out in California, you tend to develop a certain understanding for everybody. So uh, that might be good. It might be bad. Before we go into our first break here, um, of all of the games, listen, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to take USC and Alabama out of this thing for you because you are a USC fan. Anyone listening knows this. Of all of the rest of the games that are going to be a part of this huge opening week of college football, which one uh, intrigues you the most, minus USC, Alabama? I, I really debated on this. Can, can I, does it have to be a Saturday game, or can it be anyone throughout the week? Oh, no, any, any one of the games on this weekend. Okay. Uh, the biggest one I, I want to see is the Monday standalone game with Florida State and Mississippi. I find that to be a very interesting game. Yeah, um, you know, I, you make I, me I think, sick. I, I really wanted us to have a different game, but that's exactly where I am. No, because you Go know ahead, what? You've you probably seen it for the same reason I do. I think it's a huge game for Florida State. In this sense, I think in that conference, um, it's hard for them to make up losses. In other words, if Mississippi uh, loses the game and then they get hot and go through the the SEC, lose a game and end up winning the conference at 11-2, and they've got a shot at the playoff, no doubt. Um, Florida State loses that game. They basically would have to run the table because they've only got Clemson and Florida left, and you got to hope Florida has the year that I'm predicting they have to make that game mm-hmm. a, a game that you vault you up there. So um, I yeah. think it's a big game for Florida State. Yeah, um, a lot of pressure on them. Um, and and so, you know, and for the reasons that you said, I don't know if they've thought that far ahead of it. Maybe Jimbo Fisher has a lot of pressure on them, and they're they're a team opening up with a brand-new quarterback. So, um, you know, that's going to be interesting to see uh, just how good they could be in this opening game against a high-quality opponent like that. And, um, you, know, at, you know, that aside, two very, very good football teams and programs colliding 
and it's the let me ask you this before we go to break and we could talk about it saturday or friday when we do our picks but this is more of a general question how much of an impact do you think uh, the stuff that's going on at Mississippi and the NCAA investigation, how how much impact do you think that actually has on the team itself? You know, I don't know that that is a distraction. You know, I don't know that that is a distraction. I think those type of things tend to pull a team together. Um, they it, it becomes easier to have a us against the world mentality. Now, until they and that's fine until they really start act, actually handing down penalties to you, whether that's you know, removing scholarships um, right. or, you know, all those other things. You tend to take a bunker mentality with that. So it may help them at this point more than it would hurt them, you know, but that remains to be seen. Um, I don't know. Florida State Ole Miss is the standalone game. Are you surprised at all that USC Alabama was not that game? No. Uh, I think, you know, I think they, most people consider Saturday to be the opening day, even though there's Thursday, Friday games and all that good stuff. And, you know, I I believe that that 8 o'clock slot on Saturday is, is probably where you want that game. It's a, I understand it's a standalone on Monday, but I think you have everybody home Saturday night. Uh, you, you know, you got the people in bars, people, you know, just a lot more eyeballs, even though Monday you would think is huge. But, you know, it is Labor Day Monday. People might be doing their partying and then, then trying to get to sleep for work the next day. I'm not one to go run down ratings and check that kind of stuff, but I will be checking on this to see which one of those two games gets the higher rating nationwide, um, USC Alabama or Ole Miss Florida State on Monday night. So just something for us to and check And Notre Dame on. Texas got a nice time slot because they're standalone on the weekend on Sunday, and everybody's got Monday off. So that's, you know, that's actually a, a nice – Yeah, that's uh, it. That's it. So maybe three yeah, games that, that, we need to check good. the ratings on. Yeah. So um, – yeah. So it's going to be interesting there. But nevertheless, again, a huge, huge weekend of college football coming up. But next, we need to talk about the NFL and who's going to win this NFC. We're going to be talking about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. 
So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MYMVPCC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. We're back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. By the way, if you want to reach us on the show today, the number to call is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. Or, as always, you can reach us on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. Uh, if you think Emil's predictions suck, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. But we're going to jump in to the <laughs> NFC East right now. Um, this is the division that has your team, the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, it also has your team minus uh, a quarterback and his ribs. And we're doing this alphabetically, are we not? Uh, his back. He has a back Back, issue. ribs, uh, you know, all connected together. Should I sing the song? Hip bone yes, connected well, to the... you know, we, maybe, we, maybe the best way we do this is let's go down the teams. We'll talk about them. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know about you, but generally speaking, you know, I, I looked at this division before the year was was about to, you know, unfold, and we knew about Romo. And uh, frankly, I mean, it sounds funny. I don't like to be as confident, but I actually thought Dallas could win this division rather easily at first, because I'm looking mm-hmm. at the division, mm-hmm. and it doesn't strike me as anything that's, you know, unwinnable. Mm-hmm. Then Romo went and got hurt on me, so that made me reevaluate. But frankly, as a fan, I'm excited about Prescott. And mm-hmm. I think he comes into a situation that is um, better than most rookie quarterbacks come into in that um, he plays behind an offensive line that's the best in football. He's got pl- playmakers all over that offense. Um, he doesn't have to necessarily carry that team. He just doesn't have to be incompetent like last year's quarterbacks were. Yeah. And uh- – Bryant didn't play last year, don't forget, for a lot of those guys, but I don't think it would have mattered. I mean, I watched Matt Castle throw a football, and I'm pretty convinced that if he and I had a catch, I'd be real comfortable standing about whatever distance he wanted because he can't throw, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely hear you. Why don't we do this um, just as a little bit of a curveball? You run through this whole sure. division. Tell me who you think is going to be the first, uh, the winner of this division. What do you think of each team? And then I'll do the same right after okay. you. I'm going to give you a couple of predictions as we go through. One, um, I'm, I have Dallas winning in division at 10 and six. Uh, you know, of course, there's going to be bumps in the road. I don't think Dak Prescott is uh, is Tom Brady. I'm not delusional, but when you can turn around and hand the ball to an Ezekiel Elliott and some of the stable of running backs they have and that line and the receivers, I, I think he'll be fine. He has a certain presence about him. Um, my other prediction there is. Unless the Jerry Jones man crush comes into play, I don't think Tony Romo will start a game again for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Unless Prescott gets hurt, that, that's I'm going to go yeah, off a limb. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. 
I can't disagree with okay. that. I mean, it, because, it, it because it if, be unless he's an abject disaster, if they're winning some games, there's no reason to go back to a guy who you're talking about weeks and you evaluate him now in weeks and months, not years, because every hit could be his last. It would make no sense. Then I come down, I say second in this division. And I think they've done enough in free agency. I'm a little worried about their offensive line. I've seen them play a few preseason games. They get absolutely no push up front, and that concerns me. But they've got enough outside, I think, to to, to be better than they've been. And I got the Giants going 9-7 and seven in this division. Um, I, I think, you know, I'm a little, like I said, I'm a little concerned up front because Eli's getting up there in age, and while he's never missed an NFL game, when you get to age 35, 36, just like his brother hadn't missed any games, the hits become harder to take, and that offensive line scares me. But I like Beckham. I like some of the things they can do. I got them at nine and seven. I'm not okay. real high on the Redskins. I think I, I, I think they caught a little lightning in a bottle last year. They won this division. Um, the Cowboys. We know what happened to them. They went, you know, without Romo. Uh, the Giants were terrible last year. The Eagles were nothing to write home about. And I just think they, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle. And and I'm not, you know, Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure about yet. I want to see them do it a couple of years, not just one. So I've got them at eight and eight. I mean, I don't think they'll be horrible, but I, I don't. Th- I think they drop back a game or two from last year. And then finally, you know, at the end of the line are the Eagles. You know, I have no idea what they're doing. They drafted the rookie quarterback. He's already hurt. He wasn't going to play anyway. They got Sam Bradford. I don't know what's going on there, but that just got the feeling of with the new coach and. And you know, changing personnel from Chip Kelly to what he wants to do, it just feels like five and eleven to me. Five and eleven for the Eagles. And what did you say you thought Washington would be? Eight and eight. Eight, a solid eight and eight for the Washington Redskins. Well, Emil, I've got a big surprise for you in this division. Yes, uh, the Cowboys. Um, had all kinds of uh, problems last year, uh, the biggest being Tony Romo being out. Des Bryant missed some time, and so the season, to say the least, did not work out the way that um, all co- Cowboys fans across America would have hoped. For all you Cowboys haters, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to you in your life. Come back this year, you're going to lose Tony Romo. Everyone's very happy about Dak Prescott, and he's looked extremely um, he's looked very poised in this preseason, um, and I'm not a Cowboy fan, maybe closetly so, um, and I'm excited about Dak Prescott. However, having watched this league for a while, he's a rookie quarterback, and I realize that in preseason, no one's game planning. They're just out there playing, and he's going to get game plans now, and in the early going, it's going to be a tough – he's going to look like a rookie quarterback. Um that's that's for sure. Yes, he has a good supporting cast, but early on he's going to look like a rookie quarterback. He's going to have those moments where you say this is your guy of the future, and by the time I think Tony Romo's ready to come back, it's going to be very difficult for the Cowboys to make that change. So I will agree with you in thinking that this is probably it for Tony Romo as a Dallas Cowboy. It should be it for him as an NFL football player, but you never know what's in the mind of these guys um, when it comes time for them to go hang it up. So uh, I don't like Dallas to win this division. I have them at 9-7. and seven. Uh, With the Washington Redskins, I'm kind of seeing the same thing as you. I do like Kirk Cousins, however, and I do feel that the Redskins probably made the right decision in keeping him. I don't know uh, – you know, if he'll be as successful or yeah, – I'm, I'm up in the air on that. He could be more or less successful this year 
uh, as teams really hone in on him being the guy there. I see them also as 8-8. Eight and eight. Philadelphia is just kind of a train wreck for me right now. Chip Kelly, I don't think, left that that organization uh, in a way that an organization should be left. I'm not big on them. They've got to figure out their whole quarterback thing. What are they doing at running back? Just what are they doing as a team? I don't like them defensively. There's a bunch of stuff there. I don't really care for them. So um, I'm going to have them at 7-9, who I do think is going to win this division, and this is going to shock you. I like the New York Giants, and I like them a lot this year. Uh, a lot of that has to do with what, what I think they're going to be defensively. I think they're going to get back to being a very strong defensive club. Um, Eli Manning has his ups and downs. Uh, you know, he was he was solid. I saw some good things out of Eli Manning. I think they'll be able to do enough offensively to win quite a few games this year. Amo, I have the New York Giants as a 12-4 and football team winning the NFC East. How about them apples, my friend? Wow. Yeah, well, you, we're not, you know, we're not disagreeing that much on everything else. It's just you like the Giants a lot. I mean, you, you know, you and I are one game off on the Cowboys. You just like the Giants a lot more. Than I do. Yeah. So, okay. I, fair I enough. I think I think the Giants uh, might have a might might have a good opportunity to God for but God forbid return to uh, the Super Bowl. They've got a, certainly a, a very strong chance of that. So I like them to win the NFC East at 12 and four. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, though, we're doing the NFC North and NFC South here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Again, you want to reach us on the show today? It's three four seven six three three nine three six five. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, the NFC South and North is up here on the Gridiron Stud Show. But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.
Stud Show. Just wrapped up our predictions for the NFC East. If you missed it, Amo likes the Dallas Cowboys to win the division at 10 and 6. I happen to like the New York Giants at 12 and 4. And with that, we're going to move over to the NFC North and talk about what we think is going to happen there. I think I'll go first here, Amel, and you can follow me up on this. Uh, I think this division comes down to two teams. The two teams that it's not going to come down to is Detroit and Chicago. How about that? Um, Detroit just seems to me to have lost some of the momentum that I thought they were getting a couple of years ago, and it's to the point where you had a guy like Calvin Johnson who still had a lot to offer in the game just say, you know what, uh, enough for me. So he hangs it up, and I think that's maybe a little bit indicative of what he feels going on with the organization and so on. And so it's just never a good sign when stuff like that starts uh, happening. So uh, I'm not big on Detroit, and I know that's not Wait, let me interrupt you one second and ask you a question. Don't you find it odd that that an organization has had two, not one, but two, of the all-time greats in the game quit before they had to quit? What does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just sick of <laughs> sick of how it is, you know what I mean? Just sick of things there. Like I've done enough, I'm a beast. Everyone says I'm a beast and I still can't get to the to the damn Super Bowl. So, you know, like enough is enough <laughs> so already. Let me take my money. Let me take my money and my good senses while I have them and leave the game. Uh we're, yeah. we're talking about Barry Sanders and and Calvin Johnson, both, you know, legends in the game who uh, could never get to the Super Bowl and and have left. Uh, prematurely, but um, yeah, I'm not big on Detroit. I see them as a six and ten football team, and the other team I feel out of this division that's you know got a lot of work to do is the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know me, uh, I I uh, comically back Jay Cutler because uh, this man has always told you exactly what he is, and he keeps getting jobs in the NFL. So I feel like that's on the clubs that get him. You know, it's, he's very much the me guy. Wasn't as much last year. There weren't enough, as many antics, but so maybe he's turning a corner. But right now this Bears team, uh, just the roster needs uh, a boost. So they're not where they need to be. I don't see really huge things out of them. So I also see them at a 6-10. and 10. Now let's talk about who's going to be at the top of this thing battling it out. And it's Green Bay and Minnesota. The Packers are very much still the Packers, and they're going to do their thing, and they're going to win a whole bunch of games. And, of course, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers back there, um, you know, you you always got a shot to win football games. What I don't like is a little bit of the mentality of the Green Bay Packers, which is throw the ball around first. Um, we're, everyone was worried about Eddie Lacy's weight last year, rightfully so. He was a cow back there. It looked like a three-technique defensive tackle carrying the football uh, uh, so some things have been done in the offseason to clean that up, but really the Packers are just a throw-first football team playing in inclement weather late in the season. So, uh, listen, I say all that to say this. They're going to be a 10-6 and football team, in my opinion, and, and probably fall short of the NFC Championship by uh, one game to the Minnesota Vikings, who I feel are moving. I just like the direction that the Minnesota Vikings are moving in. He still had that beast in the backfield until he shows me any signs of slowing down. He's just going to be that to me. You've got a solid quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. You've got some good weapons outside. I thought you drafted well. You're pretty solid on defense. All the makings are there for a divisional champ. Uh, for me, it with the Minnesota Vikings. So I like them at 11-5. and five. I like the Minnesota Vikings to be your NFC North champs. What, how do you see it? Well, this, 
This division we, we, we see pretty close is just more extremes. I'll go backwards. Uh, I have the Bears as probably the worst. I, I have the feeling they may be the worst team in the NFC. Don't ask me why. I just got a gut feeling that they're mm-hmm. they're just going to be bad, bad, bad this year. Um, I got the Bears at 3-13, and 13, believe it or not. I, I just okay. don't see a lot going on there. Uh, just, uh, it's just, I don't know. This looks like a hodgepodge. So, for me, they're 3-13, and 13, and uh, the only reason I have the Lions ahead of them is at least they have a guy, you know, they have some weapons, um, you know, some some players here and there. So, I've got the Lions at 6-10. and 10. So, we pretty much see the Lions the same way. I just think the Bears are going to be a lot worse. And then we get to the top of the division, and you pretty much laid it out. Uh, the Packers will win games in the NFL just because they have one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the game, if not the best. Uh, I don't like the way they play football there in that I think, you know, they're one of these teams that spread you out on third and one a lot of times, and, and that's mm-hmm. just that's not my style. But because of Rodgers. It's not Vince Lombardi football, huh? No, you know, and it's just, a, you know, I don't know. There's just something for me that, you know, I think a Green Bay third and one run it down your throat even when Favre was there, you know, they would they would still do that. And it seems like they've gotten away from that. Um but I still think all that being said, they're going to be they're going to be an 11 and 5 team, but like you, I have the Vikings winning this division in a tie, winning the tiebreaker. I have them also as an 11 11 and 5 football team. I think they've done some nice things there. I really like how Bridgewater handles himself. Uh, they've given him some weapons outside uh with Diggs and like you said with Peterson, until he just completely slows down, I still think he's consistently a fourteen or fifteen hundred yard back. They can block it up front. They've got you know they've got a good offensive line. Um, defensively, Zimmer's teams are always going to play good defense. I mean, he just that that's Mike Zimmer. So you know they're they're, they're the champs for me in the North at eleven and five. All right, so there's the first division that we uh, see the same champion as we both like the Minnesota. Vikings, and uh, basically we like this division to come down to the Vikings and the Packers duking it out. Heading over to the NFC South, I'll take the lead on this one here. Um, uh, You know, you say you think the Bears might be the worst, um, and they might very well be. They'll have a little competition out of this division. Though I like Jameis Winston and what he did, um, and, and, you know, rookie of the year, uh, worthy type performance. Uh, I still think the Tampa Bay Bucks are not going to be a very good football team. They still got a, a ways to go and some things to do. And uh, based on some of the things I saw last year, I just don't think they're ready to to make that strong move. I have them able as a four and twelve football team. So not expecting a whole bunch out of there. Yeah. New Orleans Saints. Yeah, the New Orleans Saints were once uh, that team. They did go to a Super Bowl. They did win a Super Bowl. But since then, things have just continued uh, on a gradual pace to, you know, move in the opposite direction. And there was even talk of letting Drew Brees go in the offseason. I don't know if that was a rumor, but, you know, some of these things usually are buried somewhere in some kind of truth. So this is not an organization heading in the uh, in the right direction right now. So I think they continue to slide back. I see them at seven and nine. The Atlanta Falcons opened up like gangbusters last year, um, and uh, they were all the talk early on. And then they had uh, as bad a second half as you can have. I think some of that carries over into this next season, um, which is this one that we have coming up. And while they have some things on their roster that they can work with, I think it's still going to be a work in progress for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and I have them at 8-8. Eight and eight. 
And then it looks again to me like Carolina is the class of this division. Uh, yes, they went all the way to the Super Bowl and they lost, and much was made about Cam Newton not wanting to do an interview. Uh, but listen, look at what they were able to do last year without uh, Kelvin Benjamin and some other key pieces. I think you get Benjamin back. Um, I think you're going to have a better wide receiver core. Uh, Cam is still going to be Cam. Defense is still going to be tough, even without Norman gone. So I see enough here for Carolina to win the division again, although I have them at 10-6. and six. How do you see it shaping up? Wow, this will be boring. <laughs> well, will start with Tampa Bay. You know, we pretty much see them the same, but I've got them winning an extra game. I don't know if that matters. Um, I've got them at 5-11. and 11. I'm like you. I've seen some stuff with Winston that, you know, I think there's something to work with there where he'll be a, a good NFL quarterback, but I'm just not sure they've put enough around him. And it always seems like an organization that just doesn't have a plan. I don't know what they are anymore. You know, mm-hmm. years ago when our buddy who's been on the show a lot, uh, Warren Sapp, played there, I knew what Tampa was, you know, defense first. They were the Wisconsin right. of the NFL. They put yeah. me to sleep, but they won a lot of games. Sure. Uh now I'm not sure. So for me, it's just a team, you know, in, in tr- a constant transition, and I've got them at 5-11. and 11. You hit New Orleans right on the head. Um, I've got them like you, 7-9. and nine. Yeah, they'll be entertaining, and because they throw the ball around and, they, and Drew Brees has his Sundays where he still looks like a 30-year-old Drew Brees, they'll win seven games somehow, and there's enough really bad teams in the NFL here and there that, you know, they'll pick up some wins. But they're just – they don't play enough consistent defense – um, they're not balanced enough. There's just not enough there for me to get excited. They're seven and nine. Um, mm-hmm. Atlanta's one of those teams where every time I watch a game, flipping on my my dish, the package, uh, and I see a quarter of a, an Atlanta Falcons game, I can't get over how often Mike Smith is out coached and clueless. Uh, yeah. Just from from time management at the end of halves and games to uh, when to challenge, he's just. He just seems like he's lost. I'm surprised, uh, you, you know, something hasn't been done there. Like you said, they started off well, um, well, last year. I mean, the, the, the good thing is he's no longer the head coach. But you know, you've got you've got a you've got a new guy in there, and he's he's got some work to do. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just not sold that he's ready to get them to to that next level yet. I mean, we're talking about Dan. I Quinn. like Matt Ryan. I mean, I think I think Ryan. You know, and Julio Jones gives them a chance here to win some games here and there. But in a, in a division with Carolina, I, I can't pick them to win the division. I just can't. I can't. There's no way. Uh, I'm going to put them like you, again, boring as hell, 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. I have no, Nothing like I, I a little 8-8 eight eight for you. Well, you know what it is. That's where I am. Four with games with... Four games with New Orleans and Tampa certainly helps to pad the record enough that I feel they can get to eight and eight. But I just think, like you hit the nail on the head, Nyla. I'm actually a little more bullish on Carolina than you. Um, mm-hmm. The gap between Carolina and Atlanta is huge to second place in this division. I've got Car- Carolina still as an eleven and five team. When I, when I look at their schedule and they line up, and I, I, you, you, if, you, if people who listen to the show notice, we don't go through NFL schedules like we do. In college, no, where college can't do that. is very important. Can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, you never Who's know. Hurt? You never know who the hell is going to jump up. And, and it really, it's any given Sunday in the NFL. Yes, but what I will say is, I do look at division schedules, and for me, six games against these three teams has me thinking Carolina's an eleven and five football team winning this division. 
Yeah, you very well may be right against that. I mean, when I look at the rest of this division, uh, both how you and I think about it, you probably could run up some nice little string of victories there. Although, uh, I'll say this about divisional football, just familiarity with an opponent sometimes can cancel out the, the dis, you know the disparity in um, recent play or even in roster. Sometimes that divisional opponent that's not doing too well can jump up and beat you just off of familiarity with how it is you operate. And, you know, you come in there with probably not the right mindset because the team's 2-5 and five and you're actually 5-1. Uh, and one. You could fall asleep. And, again, it is any given Sunday. But, nevertheless, that's how we see it. Both of us like the Carolina Panthers to be the champions of the NFC South. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, it's NFC West, and we're also going to talk about the uh, playoffs in the NFC. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Sure, someone's gone. Winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, T-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at T-ShirtSupplies.com. That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. We're back. Football Monday? Everything's football with this show. What the heck? Let's call it the Gridiron Stud Show. It's Chad Wilson. It's Emil Calamino. And we're back. We're doing the NFC Divisional Predictions here on the show. Just a quick recap for you thus far. NFC East. Uh, I have the New York Giants. No surprise here. My co-host, Mr. Homer himself, has the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC East. I had to do that to you. You know, I just couldn't. Now, you know that most of the time I make (laughs) mental hedges and pick against my teams. You know that because you know me a long time. I'll mentally hedge and just, you know, pick the other team just for the hell of it so that I don't have that investment twice. So so for me to go out there, you know. I know how tough it is. Yeah, I know how tough it is. When we got to do the college football, uh, I always run into an issue picking the Miami Hurricanes' record and then picking the Florida Gators' record. So I know all, all about that. So I'm just. You know, wanted to take that opportunity. You're just more to bust bullish the on the Giants. You know, I, I I like when you step out like that, though. You're just bullish yeah, on the yeah, Giants. Yeah, yeah. Listen, 
I'm I'm uh, I'm on the Giants, man. New York, New York. All right, NFC North. We both like the uh, Minnesota Vikings in a you know tough tooth and nails battle in the Norris division. Uh, we think Minnesota will edge out Green Bay for the NFC North title. NFC South, we both like Carolina because uh, there's no other reason to like anyone else in the NFC South. Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay we think will suck. So let's end, enter the NFC West where I think things get very, very interesting. I'm going to let you go first, and then I'll follow up with my thoughts on the NFC West. Okay, uh, you know, I think I think the last place team in this division is pretty easy. I, you know, it's a first year coach. Chip Kelly moves over from Philadelphia to San Francisco, and you know, let's hope he he was always a, you know he didn't become dumb overnight. He was a great coach at Oregon. Um, let's see if he learned anything in Philly of how to incorporate some of his college stuff, but but coach like an NFL coach, or he just keeps like the bird flying into the window, keeps doing the same thing and. And mm-hmm. figuring it'll change, but uh, I think the real issue for him is, you know, he's got to restock that roster with some talent. He's got some quarterback issues. I do think with his system and the goofy way he plays offense, he'll figure out a way to somehow eke out six wins. So I'm going to put the 49ers at six and ten. I think they'll be a bad team, but but entertaining six because wins of Jim. for the 49ers. Yeah, I'm going to call some. I know that's, that's, that's actually the most surprising thing, right? I, That'll you, make you Colin Kaepernick stand up. Uh, yeah, no, but I got them at six and ten. All right. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Just a guess. Yeah, um, I won't. <laughs> third place for me is still is still our friends out in La La Land. The new they are no longer the St. Louis Rams. They are back after a 22 year hiatus to the place they came from, L.A. They're the L.A. Hey, Rams. you're an L.A. guy. You, 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 are you, how do you feel about football returning to Los Angeles? Yeah, or uh, we could have done without it? I just don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a, a pro sports, a pro football city. I mean, I'm not saying it won't do well the first couple of years because people are excited. Uh, but, again, they're going to have to win. I mean, you remember, you were out there when the Raiders and the Rams were. <laughs> the only thing that made the Raiders popular one, they won a Super Bowl the second year they were there, and they had Marcus Allen, who was a star, you know, in L.A. at USC. And if you remember, that of course was when was when the the, the hip hop era and you know all, all their stuff started getting worn. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Of course you do. True that, right? True that, and nothing like some gear to get things going. Straight out of Compton, man. Everybody wore everybody wore. Raider gear because it looked cool and you know it was it was the in thing there and, and it, but what happened the Raiders only lasted there 13 years and hell they won a Super Bowl the Rams sure. played there forever they had a lot of good teams when you were a kid growing up and I was a kid but they were never I, I, I don't know people weren't gaga over the Rams I mean LA and I maybe you can tell me I'm wrong but every time I've been out there I got this vibe and LA's always been a Laker Dodger town. When the Lakers are good, everybody wants to go to Laker game, and when the Dodgers are good, that's a big deal. Right, right. Now yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited for it. I don't know how long that's going to last, though. So carry on with the prediction. Yeah. So uh, again, I, I think they switch cities. They move halfway across the country. I don't think the results are much different, frankly. Uh, I know you love Case Keenum, and he's not a bad quarterback. I, I just think they don't have a lot on offense besides Gurley. Uh, defensively, they're stout, but again, I'm not sure it can carry them in this division. Uh, I have them a game better. Weren't they seven and nine last year, or did they get to eight and eight? But either way, I have them eight and eight this year. Uh, okay. I, I, I think. 
I think they're a 500 club. I think the division's really tough up top, and uh, you know I haven't seen enough of an improvement where I, I'm ready to leap above either of these next two teams. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I, I'm not going to pick them again. My, my guy Pete Carroll, I think he comes up short here in the division this year. I've got uh, Seattle still having a good club, but uh, you know as, as, as much as I like Russell Wilson, I think missing Lynch. Um, and just, you know, what happens to a good team in the NFL is the system's designed to take players away from you through the salary cap. And I think attrition and all those things has Seattle fall back to like a 10-6 and six type of team. I think they're very good. I don't think they, they have any more of those uh, really stout 13-3 and three type seasons in them as they had a few years ago. But I think they're going to be a wild card team at 10-6. and six. Mm-hmm. And then winning the division – you know, I like what Bruce Arians has done in Arizona. Um, I know they got bounced in the playoffs, and Carson Palmer was awful in that game against Carolina, but I think Carolina had a magical year last year, and I think that'll that'll fuel this team this year. They've got talent to to be a, an excellent football team, and I, I, I actually think they're going to grab the number one seed in the NFC. I have them going 12-4 and four, winning the division. Arizona lover. All right, all right. Well, um Here's how I see it. Um, starting off with San Francisco, um, they got rid of the guy with the porn star mustache, Tom Sula, who was I just don't understand how in the hell he got hired to begin with. Um, but nevertheless, they did what they had to do, got rid of him. Foolishly, they hired Chip Kelly, which Emil, uh as a football coach, Chip Kelly, I like him in college. Don't like him as an NFL football coach. We'll see how much he learned from Philadelphia. My guess is, if I've read his uh, personality type, is he's going to continue to be arrogant. That's going to continue to result in mountain, mountain up of losses, uh, if I could say that. And uh, he's got this whole quarterback situation thing going on right now. Um, I, I just don't like the organization. And I never thought I would come to say that about the San Francisco 49ers. But they look lost from top to bottom in this organization. And we've had how many guys um, retire from this team in the last year or so? Oh, yeah. They Three, made it, four? They got the Lions beat. Yeah, they got the Lions beat. They're just yeah, running them out of there. something there. And it, it looks to me like Colin Kaepernick is trying to retire as well. So I don't like what's going on there. I have them at 3 and 13. The Rams, um, as a former Los Angeles Rams fan, um, a huge Los Angeles Rams fan. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see football return back to L.A., a city that I happen to like an awful lot. I just don't think the L.A. Rams are going to do much there. You are a little bit more bullish on them than I am. You have them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I got them at 6-10. and 10. What are you going to do at quarterback? You know, you you know, you know, got Jared Goff, um, clearly not ready to play. You're going to go back to Case Keenum, a guy who I think has gotten a little bit of a raw deal in the league simply because he wasn't a high draft pick. But you're going to have this guy out there playing, constantly looking over his shoulder because you don't believe in him. You've kind of acted that way, showed him that. Um, So I don't know how much he's going to be able to do. Quarterback continues to be a problem for the Los Angeles Rams. And I don't like that in an organization you've clearly had a problem for X amount of years and you just can't fix it. You're not doing anything to fix that problem. You know, certainly at a certain point the train falls off the track. This might be it for the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know. And plus you said they look like a train wreck. (laughs) <laughs> waiting to happen as you look at them. You know, I just hard knocks. I was watching that hard knocks, and maybe it's just me. And you know, like obviously, we talk about all. You kid me all the time on the show. What a homer for USC. I'm. I like Jeff Fisher, 
But, man, he just seems like a guy that, I, I, I don't know, it's like he seems like he's like some wasted, you know, weed-smoking guy from the 60s. He talks like this, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he know. looks like he should have been one of the guys uh, on the motorcycles in, in Chips. Um, maybe not Ponch. Yeah, with the, he's got he's uh, got, got know, that the, the porn star mustache going, and he you know yeah that, like that whole deal. But I yeah. digress, man. I got him at six <laughs> and ten, just above uh, the San Francisco 49ers in the bottom of the NFC West. Here's where we differ on this division. You have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I have it the other way around. I, I do like the Arizona Cardinals. I I have them at eleven and five this year. Just experience has told me and taught me that. When you have the kind of season that the Arizona Cardinals did last year, um, and then it ends in that fashion, in that game, just like it seems like something happens to you the next year. It becomes a really big mental block for you to now climb through that regular season, climb that mountain again, when you know you did this last year, and at the end you got completely and totally smashed and outplayed. It'd be one thing if you lost that NFC Championship game 24-21, or it was some BS play like what happened with Dallas and Green Bay a year ago that that's the way you went out. But you got completely and totally dismantled in that football game. And I think that has a serious mental effect going into the next year. And I think that might be a little bit of a hurdle for Arizona. Call me crazy. I like the Seattle Seahawks. And I like them to have the best record in all of the NFC at 13-3. and I just think this organization gets it in so many ways. So, um, and when an organization gets it, it's not so much about the personnel because you're able to replace it because there's a system there, like what you've got going on in New England. Guys leave, they plug another guy in, and the system just keeps going on and on. Kudos to Pete Carroll um, and the organization as a whole as to have a system that runs there and you just plug and play guys into it. Seattle played most of the year without Marshawn Lynch last year, so they figured out how they need to do that. They still found their way into the playoffs. Um I've watched them a couple times in this preseason. They've got good backs there. And, again, it could be a great system, kind of like what you've got going on with Dallas. As long as you've got Russell Wilson at quarterback, you can win a ton of football games. You're still playing great on defense. And I think Seattle kind of gets back to where they need to be. I like them at 13-3 and to win the NFC West. So should we take a break here or should we roll right into the playoffs? What do you say there, my co-host? Well, it's up to you. You've got to pay the bills. I do need to pay the bill. So we'll take a really, really quick break. When we get back, we sort out the whole playoff thing and tell you who we like to be the NFC champion here and on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. 
FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kid stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. That Ric Flair is a must every Monday morning if you're ever feeling a little slow uh, in the morning and you need to get yourself going, pop that in there in your in your little audio. Ric Flair will definitely get you going and feeling good about yourself. i got to get some Macho Man Savage on here too, Amel. Got to do that. We lost one over the weekend. Who'd we lose? Not another Mr. Von Erich. Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fiji's Mr. gone. Fiji. Yeah, Mr. Fiji outlasted a bunch of other guys. Oh, yeah. He's 82. He sure did. Decent yeah, run. the life of a Decent the run. life of a wrestler is uh, extremely short, as uh, many of them go somewhere in their fifties. But yeah, Ric Flair, to, that's as good as a cup of coffee, everybody. But let's get back to the matter at hand here. We've gone through all of the visions. Just a quick reclap, uh, oh, not a reclap, but a recap. In the NFC East, Amel has the Dallas Cowboys. He likes them uh, to win the division at 10-6. and six. I've got the Giants at 12-4. and four. Call me a nutbag. But that's what I've got them. NFC North, we both like the Minnesota Vikings at 11-5 and five to edge out the uh, Green Bay Packers. Although Amel thinks uh, the Packers also go 11-5. and five. The Minnesota wins the tiebreaker there. I have the Packers at 10-6. and six. In the NFC South, we think there's nothing to talk about other than the Carolina Panthers. We both have them winning. Amel likes them at 11 and 5. I've got them at 10 and 6. In the NFC West, there's a little bit of a difference of opinion there. We both think Arizona and Seattle are the 
cream of the class here. He likes the Carolina. Uh, he likes Arizona uh, to be a 12 and four division winner. I like the Seahawks to be a 13 and three division uh, winner. So now we need to talk about how these playoffs are going to shake out and get ourselves all the way down to the NFC Championship game and talk about who the winner is going to be. Who's going first? Um, well, hey, why don't you take? Why don't you take first crack? I'll lay him out. I I'll, I seed at mine. Okay, so obviously the one seed for me is Arizona. They're twelve and four, and then I put Carolina in as the two seed at eleven and five, uh, edging out the Vikings on a tiebreaker. I've got them as the three seed. The Cowboys are the four seed because they won the division. The Packers become the five seed. Uh, because they didn't win the division, even though they had a better record than Dallas. That's a little oddity of the way it works. And then Seattle mm-hmm. coming in at 10-6 and six is the sixth seed, which gives me an opening weekend of the sixth seed of Seattle going to Minnesota, the NFC North champ. And I've got the Seahawks coming out on top in that game. Uh, they just, I don't know, they, hot, they know how to play in the playoffs. What can I say? Uh, they won that game last year in a tough battle at Minnesota, and I have them winning it again. Uh, I've got the Cowboys holding serve at home in the first playoff game over Green Bay. I'm not a huge, as, as I said, Green Bay uh, fan. I, I'm not. I don't like that style of football. It's a little too powder puff for me. Uh, then second round would then have Arizona, uh, my number one seed. It has Seattle going to Arizona. I've got Arizona beating Seattle. Uh, it, it'll be the best of three, and I have Arizona winning it the second time. Uh, those three games and going to the NFC Championship game. Uh, In the other game, I have the Cowboys going down to Carolina where their season will end, and the Panthers will take them out. That's my prediction. So I have a repeat of of last year's game, only this time instead of being played at Carolina, it's going to be at Arizona. I think that's all the difference in the world. I like Bruce Arians. I like the Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl. He likes the Arizona Cardinals to return to the Super Bowl. Well, like I like the way that you have that laid out. I also see to this because, listen, I've got you on the show, and you've taught me exactly how this needs to be done. So with the way I have things going, Seattle at 13-3 and three is my number one seed. Um, number two seed is the New York Giants, who I have at 12-4. and four. Those two guys are going to get a bye in the first week. Then I've got Minnesota, who's uh, the next highest record division winner for me at 11-5. and five. Carolina falls in next as the winners of the NFC South at 4. Arizona, who uh, is my wild card as the runner-up in the NFC West with a 10-6 and six record, or actually 11-5 and five record, makes it in number 5. And then the Green Bay Packers, who uh, fall just short of winning the NFC North, happens to be my sixth seed. So that sets up a Minnesota and Green Bay matchup for the third time in the season. And as much as I love Minnesota, I have a feeling Minnesota um, is going gonna, is gonna to fall to the wayside because of that third matchup. I think they may indeed um, get the upper hand in both of those matchups or at least win the second of the two matchups during the season. And uh, that makes it difficult for them to win a third. You like all that thought that went into that there, Emil? Yeah, um, no, I mean, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, we're, um, we're already into January, buddy. When you start making predictions five months out, I'm not going to sit here and fight with you. Yeah, there you go. So I got Green Bay winning that, much to uh, Minnesota Vikings fans' chagrin. Carolina is taking on Arizona in the uh, in the first round of the the uh, wild card round there. 
And you know what? Just the fashion in which Carolina handled Arizona, I just think the gap's a little bit too far for these guys. I know you have it the other way in the championship game, but I think these two teams meet up here in the wild card round, and I like Carolina to win it again. So that slides things over into the uh, divisional round of things. That puts Seattle versus Green Bay. I just think Seattle has mind control over the Packers. And uh, with this game being at home for Seattle, I just don't see Green Bay going into Seattle and uh, reversing the history that the recent history that these two teams have had. Um, and I like the Seattle Seahawks in that one. The Giants taking on Carolina. Do we all remember this game last year and all that went down with it? Um, the two principals uh, won't be there together. It'll be Beckham without Josh Norman. But um, I remember the Giants making a pretty good showing for themselves in this game. Do you not remember that, Emil? Yes. Think, um, yes. And I think the I Giants now come out ahead in this rematch. Um, they just based a lot on what went down in, in that game last year. I think the Giants are going to be a better team defensively. Carolina will still be the team they were defensively. Whatever Carolina was defensively last year, the Giants certainly found a way to pierce that armor. And I think uh, knowing that is going to give them the edge in this one. So I've got the Giants defeating the uh, Carolina Panthers in a rematch of last year's uh, big-time matchup. So that brings Seattle and the New York Giants together in the NFC Championship game. And uh, drum roll, please. You know, you call me a closet Seattle Seahawks fan. Um, that's not going to do anything to change that thought, as I like the Seattle Seahawks to beat the, the New York Giants in the NFC Championship game. Once again, I have the Se- How many years have I picked the Seattle Seahawks to go to the Super well, Bowl? Well, I'll be honest with you. If you got to this game and you had the Giants going into Seattle – and, and beating Seattle, I was going to call you a closet pothead. I thought Ezekiel Elliott was taking you on, on trips around Seattle. <laughs> okay, no, man, I think we're going to have a pretty good uh, game there, East Coast versus West Coast, but I, I like the Seahawks to emerge. Victor- I just don't think it's over for the Seahawks. I'm not ready to call whatever little okay. era of mini dynasty. That I just don't think it's over yet. I just Organization has run far too well for me. So I've got Seattle – uh, doing it and going going to the Super Bowl. You've got Arizona. I've got Seattle. That's how it shakes out, my friend. What are your thoughts on what I just ran down there for you? Uh, hey, listen. It's I've learned one thing about the NFL. It's very hard to argue. I mean, we could agree you and I on some of the bad teams and some of the good teams, but we, I'm not going to sit here and ever argue with somebody making logical picks in in August because the NFL is very difficult uh, to. To handicap, and the fact that we picked two Super Bowl winners in August is is actually pretty impressive when you look at it. Because every year I I marvel at how how tough the NFL is to pick. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. So it's going to be interesting to follow this out and see uh, how this shakes down for for us and for the league. Let's take a couple of quick phone calls before we uh, sign off here. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. What say you? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing today? Good. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm good, I'm good. So listen to the show, I wanna give you my um NFC division winners. So Go here's ahead. who I got. Shoot. NFC East I got the New York Giants um coming out hey, and winning that, that division. But I, I will I like say, this caller already. <laughs> yeah. As much you're as agree. But I will you're say though, you. real I, I will say though, real quick, oh and I and I hate to say it because I despise the Dallas Cowboys, but this could actually be a reset of the culture. That Prescott looks like he's got some skills, and if this resets them to run it 30 times a game, play better defense, limit him to 18 to 24 throws a game, 
they actually could reset that place and start on an upward swing in terms of building a winning culture. I hope not. Yeah, let me stop you. Let me stop you there before you fly into the the rest of your thoughts. We didn't really talk about that, Emil. Um, That might be a benefit of Tony Romo being out of there is that you've got the rookie quarterback and you do do the smart thing, which is get back to running the football, something that Dallas did very well the year before um, and had a tremendous amount of success. Oh, I don't know. What's your name? I'm sorry. Caller, what's your what's Caller. your name? Did you say your name? Oh, oh, uh, Bryce. Bryce, um, I am not a, a basher of Romo. I'm a Cowboy fan, and I will say this to you though, I I've said this to Chad over the years. He's a very good quarterback, but he is this generation's Danny White. And what I mean by that is White came to Dallas, broke all of Staubach's records, but could never never get over the hump. And that's kind of where yeah. I feel Romo's career will end up is he broke all of Aikman's records but he just couldn't get over the hump. And I like Dak Prescott for a lot of reasons, but one of them is I watch him and the way he controls the huddle and the way the veterans react to him. He's got the it factor. I, I don't know why. I can't put that in yeah. tangible words for you, but I just watch the way people act around him. He's a leader. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I like would have to agree with that. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. You can just, You can just see it, and if this resets them culturally, I mean, I've always told people, and I've been saying this for – since the since the season ended last year, that if you give Romo one more year and uh, and if it doesn't work out, which it doesn't look like it would have, um, you blow the whole thing up, get rid of him. Jerry completely steps back. Steven runs it. You keep a couple players that, that do have some talent, and you start over. Well, it looks like that may have come a year earlier. So, I think you put Dak in and you roll with it. This is the the new reality, and you reset the culture. But. So, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Okay, you got the Giants. You got the Giants. We won't beat it. We won't beat the, that one up on people. What do you got in the North? All right, in the NFC North, I think the most balanced team, the Minnesota Vikings, they win that division. Um, See, I, I knew you were ba- smart. I knew you were smart, Bryce. Okay. I think they're balanced. I think you know you have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, the best pure passer in the NFL, in my opinion. But I think with Teddy Bridgewater, with the lines, with the way they play defense, good special teams, it's the most balanced team in that division, and I think they win it. Okay. I agree. Fair enough. What do you got now in the South? Take us down to that. This will determine whether or not you've been drinking or not. Yes. (laughs) Down in the South, I'm going to go predictable. The Carolina Panthers repeat as the division winners. But this is going to be – you may disagree with this one. Look out for Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers. He also has that leadership quality. His teammates have bought in completely. This guy can throw the football. He's got a lot of moxie in the pocket. He is never scared. He knows how to lead that team. He gets the ball out. They've got some weapons. They might take a jump and challenge this year. Look out for that. Bryce, Bryce, I agree with you 100% except for one thing. You can be a leader, but if you're leading the French Army in World War II, that's not too good. (laughs) We've got his French army there. Hey, I, I feel the same way about Jameis, which he would be the only reason that my 4 and 12 prediction makes me nervous is that he might do something and get these guys yeah. to play out of Patton, their skull. Patton which would have very lost good at. the French army, okay? It doesn't matter who's <laughs> <you> leader. <laughs> That's actually, I mean, yeah, yeah, you got to have the talent. But I think, the team, I think that team down there is a little better than people give them credit for. Well, hopefully Perhaps you're right because I, like I like Jameis Winston's game. So take us out west. We think this is the hardest division, uh, at least a handicap. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's not hard for me. Being a, being a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I've seen, even though I think he's a good coach, I've seen Uncle Brucey up close for years. The Seattle Seahawks win this division. 
um, Uncle Brucey builds teams from the outside in, and when it gets crunch time and if you play tough man football, you can punch the Cardinals in the mouth. They run around. They look flashy. But I just think the makeup of that team is not as physical as the Seattle Seahawks. And in the playoffs, I think they can, the, the Cardinals can be had. You never, as an AFC North guy, you never trust Carson Palmer in crunch time. He's never done oh, it, and I don't yeah. think he ever will. <laughs> I don't trust him. So I go with Russell Wilson <laughs> If I had the dumb butt, I'd have to throw you off the air right now. You just, you just hurt me twice. Okay, I twice promise you, Emil, I did not hire this caller. <laughs> I'm a hired caller Yeah, I mean, look, I've seen enough of Carson Palmer over the years I watch a lot of my Steelers You know, I'm very vested in the AFC North That doesn't have it He doesn't have the Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston it factor He just doesn't have it I don't trust him come playoff time That Seahawks defense in the playoffs If they were to meet, will bear down on him And, and, and he'll make mistakes Can't trust the Cardinals I actually agree hey, well, with you on, on Palmer and the leadership skills. I do think when he was younger, he threw a beautiful football. I mean, oh, but, yeah. uh, he, he throws a, ball, a beautiful ball, but I agree with you Ooh, on the leadership yeah. skills. Yeah, you yeah, can well, pressure that Bryce, guy. Man, uh, Bryce, this, that was a, definitely a, a, a good, quick, quick uh, breakdown of the NFC. Listen, we're doing this again on Friday, so if you could remember, man, listen to the show, and we'd be interested in hearing you when we're done with the AFC, which includes your beloved AFC North. We'd love to hear you uh, break this whole thing down for us. Oh, man, I have to come back for that. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the time. Okay, All right, take care, Thank you very much. All right, that was a good call there from Bryson. Uh, we can't end it without bringing this guy on, and we both took a dump on his lines. we got to see how he feels about that. Les, we don't think it's the Lions' year. Hey, y'all better stop that shit. <laughs> right away with a dump button worthy uh, sentence from a man there. But listen, right. uh, uh, bro, what do you think? You'll be, a Saturday, you'll be a Saturday fan this year. You've got Michigan and Michigan State. I, we, we both like those teams. So, so I think your Saturdays will be fun filled. Yes, you Big Ten football will be lit Sunday. this year. Take your joy yeah. in that. Hey man. hey, man, what both of y'all trying to sell me right now, dog? What y'all trying to sell We're trying to sell you on finding something better to do on Sundays than watch Lions football in 2016. Hey, That's what I've we're been, trying to sell. I've been, telling y'all for, I've been telling y'all for years, Matthew Stafford sucked, and he, he caused Calvin Johnson <laughs> to walk away from the game. Hey, man, hey, Rodney Pete is still out there. I want to bring him in. <laughs> you got the only uh, organization that had two all-time great players – Hated so much that they quit before they had to. Yes, man. Well, what do you say about that? Tell me, tell, tell, tell me when we had an All-Pro quarterback that was really worth shit. You're, you're right. Bobby you're right. Lane played there. One of those. Oh my God. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Lane. Lane. Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane. <laughs> That's love, the owner of a bowling you, alley. I love, I love, I love you. E. Hey, hey, Bobby Lane wasn't. I wasn't around when Bobby Lane was playing ball, man. <laughs> None well, neither was I, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke right there. <laughs> oh, man. Hilarious. Hey, yes, Bobby hey, Lane man, was I, not I, in I, any I, of our times. I, I love you guys' predictions, man. Uh, understanding what has happened to the Lions. Um, I see a lot of the stuff that uh, you both guys are talking about. I mean, it looks for an exciting season. Um, I do see Seattle having a little bit more toughness than the Arizona Cardinals, even though I'm here. I haven't became a Dirty Bird fan, and I don't plan on it. Um, mm. The last caller was, was kind of precise. Um, 
you know, Bruce Arians, um, he builds from the outside in. You got a lot of players that are outstanding players, but are they tough enough to, to make it through a playoff? Are they tough enough to hit people in the mouth? And when you got somebody down, you know, put the, put your hands around their neck and choke them out and make sure that you win that game. And um, Carson Palmer is someone that you just, I mean, you, you got you have those questions. I mean, just like Matthew Stafford, it, it sometimes – you know, you're in a game and you just know that he's going to throw an interception or throw some sidearm pass and he's going to throw it to the other defender and it's a pick six. I mean, it just happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it seems uh, that way. I hear you. It really does. We'll have to see, man, because, you know, Arizona could very well win the division. I think that's going to be a uh, – you know, as is, as it has been over the last few years, um, there's going to be a very – maybe the most interesting race uh, will be the NFC West, that and the NFC North. I, I mean, you, know, you know what makes, for me at least, predicting the NFL so difficult? In college, if I get a team like, uh, well, let's pick one, even though we both don't like them, Ohio State, okay? They've been recruiting well. Why are you well, so that I, team Well, <laughs> because here's where I'm going to go with my point. Ohio State's playing and their running back goes down, whoever that may be. I'm going to guess yeah. they have two or three kids that they recruited to go to to Ohio State they can play running back, and they'll plug one of them yeah. in there. And usually yeah. away they go. I, it's easier to handicap. Here's the problem with the NFL. A major injury yeah. can so change the outlook of a team during the season. And it's hard because, you you know, you, you see a team going, like, let's take Arizona. If Carson Palmer missed five or six games, I don't know what their season is going to look like. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you got a, you got a solid backup, but, but you're kind of in trouble because you, you missed that, that big arm that he had. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the, and the uh, fall off from a Carson Palmer to your backup is going to be pretty huge most of the time. So you're going to struggle in the games that he doesn't play. Well, the thing I think about the Cardinals is this. They have a solid defense, and with uh, them drafting Robert Kendici, hopefully he could heal up and get in shape and, and play football. But uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, being here and seeing how these players act away from football um, – there's a lot of distractions, and if you're a young guy from 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 the south, uh, you come out here. There's a lot of skirts gonna be thrown in your face, and what are you gonna be doing <laughs> in the late nights on these warm nights in Arizona, instead of being focused and being the man that you know these these uh the player personnel guys drafted you to be. I mean, I can see him making a mistake, not falling out. Man, of leave it to Les to give us the behind the curtains look at the NFC West. I mean. You know stuff we don't. Okay, he doesn't about. fall off a two-story hotel balcony again, but uh, I'm quite sure he's going to do something dumb. <laughs> yeah, but Les, sure where, where is that going to be any different than a guy in New York or Dallas or any other good city to be in? Um, um, when you have a when you have a player's coach that's cool like your coach, and your coach yeah. may be the type of guy to hang out with you and wear the cool ass hats. Um, sometimes, man, it gets to the respect factor that you just won't show up when he really needs you to because y'all cool. And when you yeah. have a cool coach like that, some guys will say, oh, shit, it's all right to have a drink tonight. I mean, it's okay to go out and party. And understand you guys don't hear about the stuff like that because all these fans out here, the police probably pull these Cardinal players over and they intoxicated. They don't lock them up. But if you're another player from another team, they're going to put you in the in the paper. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll have to leave I mean, it at that. that well, my listen, friend, but. Arians definitely has that cool guy image going on, but uh, so we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I just we'll see how far that goes. I, I like the way he coaches football, though. He seems to he turned around, which which what was one of the 
you know, bad organizations and really turn them into a consistent winner every year. Yeah, well, we'll he, see. We'll see who ends up being coach. right on that one. He's a player's coach, man. That's what player's coaches do, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, man, yeah. Les, as always, thanks for calling into the show, man. We're back here on Friday at 10 a.m. talking about the AFC and who's going to win there. That's going to be interesting. Absolutely. You guys uh, continue to do what you're doing. I love your insight. Um, you know, that's great, great things that you guys are doing. Hey, tell Marco to keep doing what he's doing, too, man. I love how he dogged the guy on the and ran him into the nah. camera. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I, I appreciate that. I'll certainly pass that message on, man. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't have you in the opening segment there, but we went out to Colquitt County in Georgia and played that game on ESPNU. Small town, uh, but big time when it comes to football. Packed the house. Very loud. Um, shoot, very much a college-type atmosphere. I think it was a good experience for our kids. And you won. Which is the most yeah, important. Yeah, and we walked out of there with a victory, a hard fought victory, 17 14. Yes. So um, kudos to us and to Pat Sertan, former NFL All Pro, gets his first victory as a, uh, as a high school football head coach. So congratulations to him on that and to the American Heritage Patriots. But uh, we broke it down for you. That's the NFC. Come back on Friday. We got the AFC all sewed up for you. You want to know. Plus, plus on Friday. Our uh, first real true football Friday show where we give you uh, the predictions for the college and, uh, well, just college this week. So college football predictions coming up. Yeah, coming up on Friday as well as our thoughts on who's going to win the AFC. We'd like to thank you all for listening and making us a featured show on Blog Talk Radio. For Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.